dudes sitting in costume, this is the Max Level Podcast. Welcome home. For the uninitiated, Max Level is a weekly breakfast powwow. Ooh, haven't said that in a while. Amongst currently just a few of us here at RPG Era. Hopefully that'll change soon. I'm your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this evening, host of the Media Files every single Friday, it's Kyle. I should say it's this morning now. It's not evening anymore, but still. Yeah. Joining us this morning... It's like a nice little morning talk show. Yeah, it's you. Welcome. Thanks, man. Happy to be here. Happy to have you on this uh, on this November day. It's November as of the time this is posting now. Still October yeah. while recording. Yeah, for us, we're in the we're knee deep in the Halloweens. Yes, we have Halloween tomorrow. Took the kids trick or uh, trunk or treating last night. How'd that go? Oh, dude, they were kids were running everywhere people jumping it was bananas did people like your costume oh my gosh people loved my costume dude <laughs> well and I'll, I'll post i'll post pictures in discord we'll take more pictures today because we have a party to go to today i'll take more we'll pictures. probably end, we'll probably end up having you in costume as our thumbnail for the episode oh i hope so <laughs> Special shout out to Midnight Danger for majority of the music you'll hear today during the show. Go check him out wherever you can find music and people, including YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. He's a perfect mix of 80s glam metal and those sweet synthwave tones. Check him out. He won't be disappointed. And if you missed it last week, we do want to mention real quick, before we get into a little game discussion, we're now on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash RPG era. I readjusted the tiers a bit uh, just for now because it didn't seem like a ton of people were signing up and we released an exclusive episode of BG Mania last week that you can go check out and I just wanted everybody that had already signed up to hear it instead of just the one person that was eligible. <laughs> That makes sense. You can head on over patreon.com. Check out the uh, readjusted tiers. See if you'd be interested in any of that over there. And like I said, we have a bonus episode of our BG Mania, a video game music podcast up on Patreon now. Frank and I discussed Rainbow Billy, the Curse of the Leviathan. Went in depth with that soundtrack. There's a guest appearance by Sean in that episode. Whoa. Uh, yeah, him and I were playing Dead by Daylight while recording. So there's a there's a brief sound recording of Sean as I asked him a question that I wasn't sure on. <laughs> You never know what to expect. It's pretty cool. But yeah, as you mentioned, we are knee deep in Halloween festivities. And I think this is the first year that in a long time I'm not doing anything for Halloween. And it makes me sad. I like Halloween. I like the I holidays. love Halloween. I used to, obviously, as we talked about in the show, work at a haunted house locally. Uh, well, not locally anymore for me, but it used to be locally. And I stopped doing that last year. And we went to a Halloween party last year. And it was a lot of fun. And I assumed I would probably just do that this year. But after everything that happened, I think my roommate, Justin, is going to a Halloween party tonight, but I think I'm just staying in. I don't think I'm going to go out this Halloween. I'm just not not in a super celebratory mood, and I don't want to get dressed up for anything. Frank actually got me something that I'll be wearing on the Sunday Smoke Sesh this uh, weekend that I'm a little... <laughs> I'm afraid I'm going to offend people. <laughs> nah, you won't. No, oh, it's Frank, though. I should have expected nothing less. Should have expected it from Frank, honestly. Yeah, yeah, should have expected something like that. But yeah, let's jump into a little what's new with you. And we're going to kick things off with something that we used to do a long time ago here on the show. I can't remember the last time we did this segment. I know it wasn't as long as the segment was because I've done this kind of sporadically before throughout a couple other shows that we do. But I want to take a trip back to the past. And uh, as we no longer sit around the campfire, it is the morning now, it's not nighttime, but for a while there, we were sitting around a campfire telling stories and uh, talking about games with Sean and Dan. So let's light this campfire back up, jump into a little, are you afraid of the dark? 
Kyle, I want to talk about two specific games this week at one time. And the dichotomies between these two and I think how I feel about these two games is pretty interesting. So let me tell you a little tale. A tale of two Ubisofts. Oh, no. I started playing Far Cry 6 when... (gasps) Oh, don't be scared. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I started playing Far Cry 6, uh, man, the day after it came out because Justin... My roommate had signed up for uh, Gamefly for right. the fall season, and there was only one thing that he wanted out at the time, so um, he did the two games out. Ended up just grabbing two copies of Far Cry 6, one on Xbox and one on PlayStation, and I was playing the PlayStation, for, or still am technically, I still have it. Um, I haven't finished it, and I don't think I'm going to. I know we talked on the show last week a little bit about it. I mentioned that I was going to talk about it last week, but decided to save it because I wanted to try to finish it. And that was the plan. I did try to finish it. I did try to kind of make it as far as I could go. But I just hit a point where I wasn't having fun anymore. And there's just too much stuff out there right now for me to spend time with something that hasn't completely hooked me. And it's nothing that the gameplay or the gameplay loop is doing wrong because it's still all the same. It's still Far Cry. It's still a formula that I enjoy. I love the shit out of three. I love the hell out of five. I didn't like four. And Far Cry six, for some reason, reminds me a lot of four. And I think that's why it's not gelling with me as as much as I want it to. Um, And also at the same time, Far Cry isn't changing much. It is Far Cry. And it, it feels very similar. It feels very familiar. And I just feel like I've been there before. And... There are so many other unique experiences that are that are releasing right now and that are relatively good. And, and not that Far Cry 6 isn't good. I mean, what is it sitting out at Open Critic right now? I forget when we talked about it. It was a couple weeks ago. But as of right now, 77, which okay. isn't terrible. No. But I feel like that might be pretty low for Far Cry. Ooh, that may be true. Far Cry 4 was an 83. Far Cry 5 was an 82. Far Cry 3 is not on Open Critic? Interesting. It says the Classic Edition is, and that's at a 75, but I think that was the version that came out, like, alongside something else. But Baseline Far Cry 3 is not on there. That's really weird. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I thought Far Cry was usually in the lower to maybe mid-80s. I guess lower 80s is kind of where it has, has been falling. So 77 isn't too far off, but it's still one of the lower-rated Far Cry's average. Yeah, it's significantly in- lower. Yeah, like by six points almost. So that's a decent amount. And through a lot of the reviews that I was kind of browsing through after it first came out, because I wasn't planning on writing one for this one, uh, a lot of people were just mentioning how the series wasn't evolving much. And not that that's terrible, right? Like if you have a formula, you could stick with it. But after a while, it just becomes boring. And I think that's where I'm at with Far Cry and... I think I've enjoyed more recently the offshoots of Far Cry, like the the stuff that they're doing. Blood Dragon. Like Far Cry. And, yeah. New Dawn. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is New Dawn is actually at a 73 on Open Critic, so that's even lower rated. But I really enjoyed that. I also really enjoyed Primal, which is at a 77 as well. So um, the numbered entries seem to always review a bit stronger, whereas the offshoots don't. And I usually like the offshoots more. But it, the villain Antoine Castillo 
I think played he's by Giancarlo Esposito. Yes, I think he's fantastic, and I think he's okay. one of the better villains to be in Far Cry since probably Voss in Far Cry Three, and the father, um, who was amazing, and actually is in Far Cry Six in part of like some DLC. They brought back a lot, like a lot of the villains, uh, and that was part of the marketing campaign leading up to the release. So you have Voss in the game, you have the father. They're part of like some other secondary mode. They're not, you know, part of the main story or whatever, but they're in the game. It's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, he's he kills the role, dude. He's absolutely great at it. Um, it just I think my lack of connection to the character that I'm playing as when you start out, you can either choose a guy or a girl. Sort of similar to um the way Assassin's Creed has been handling things recently. Whereas there's a you know, a canon guy, canon girl, you choose one or the two, both different voice actors, both are fitting in the story. You just get slight differences depending on who you play in right. terms of dialogue. Um so I chose to play as the female because I listened to both voice actors and I just kind of enjoyed her voice a little bit more than the dudes. So I went that route, but I'm just not digging the character. And I I'm, I mean, it, and it's not the fact that I chose the girl. I went back to try the guy for a bit. It's just I don't care about either of them. And I just am feeling a huge disconnect from from Far Cry right now and coming off of finishing Tales of Arise and wanting to continue all of these other games that I've started recently and just picked up Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. And man, a lot of things coming out in November. I think I'm You know what? I've see. never played a Far Cry game. I mentioned this during Thunderdome and Far Cry 6 held pretty low on my list because I've never played a Far Cry. Far Cry 6 was number I'm, one on Sean's list, if you remember. I know, because Sean's a total psychopath, but... I've never played one. I'm not going to play I this one. But I, has, I don't think he has either. I don't think so either. So, I'm telling you, he's, he's an absolute, he's an absolute, he's a psycho. <laughs> but I think that's the reason that I never have is just because I've always felt like they were kind of the same thing over and over. And it's not anything that's, you know, cool guy with guns and mean story with drugs, like just is not anything that interests me. You know, the type of games I play. So like, well, yeah, that, yeah. that game was never big to me, but it was just the same thing over and over and over. And I just never felt, you know, uh, what's the word? I've, I, I never had the impulse, I think, to really yeah, jump you would, into you Far Cry. You were never compelled and to check it out or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Compelled. That That's the word. Yeah. But yeah, never had it. And I feel like just cause the um, IP from Square Enix and Avalanche sure. has fallen into a f- similar trap in that I already want that series to evolve into something more as well because I remember when Just Cause 4 came out last year, it did the same thing that Far Cry 6 did. I played it for like six or seven hours and then just never went back to it because sure. I was bored. Like you have these giant open world sandboxes where you can do whatever and I'm bored. That sucks. Right. Yeah, that's not how it should be. So... I think I might actually shelve for good Far Cry. Well, not shelve. Send it back to GameStop or to, to Gamefly, I guess. I don't really need it anymore. Um, yeah, Bon Voyage Far Cry 6. Let Justin good work, Giancarlo. Yeah, good work. You did great as the uh, the villain, but I just was not thrilled with the story and just tired of the gameplay loop a little bit. That boy doesn't And that's interesting. In. No, man, he's great. Absolutely great. Um, and it's funny because it's not like... I hate Ubisoft games because I love the Ubisoft formula, dude. You know I do. I like checkbox style games. I I don't like playing multiple of them back to back to back to back to back because it gets a little frustrating and time consuming after a while. But 
if I get some separation between them, you know, jumping from, say, Ghost of Tsushima, which is a Ubisoft-style checkbox game, to Assassin's Creed, to, you know, something like, that would be a lot. But if you put some time in between them, these games are amazing. I love checkbox-style games. Yeah. And one that I'm playing on top of Far Cry 6 also comes from Ubisoft, and it's Riders Republic. I jumped into the open beta, I guess it was whatever trial thing that they were running over the past week before the game came out. Um, You had four hours total to spend with the full game in this beta or whatever it was. I think it was a beta. I don't think it was just like an early release or something. I I think it was like a stress test, like a server stress test. Yeah, yeah. something. It was a demo slash... Either way, it was running flawlessly then. Like, I wasn't running into any connection issues. I wasn't running into any issues finding people to play with. The world was massive. And what's crazy, dude, is you are in this, like, haven, I guess, for people that like extreme sports. Like, you can find people riding skis or snowboards or downhill bikes, off-road bikes, uh, snowmobiles. There's wingsuits. There are a ton of cool things. And I feel like they'll add more as time goes on. Like, I feel like this is in potentially ever-evolving formula that they could use for this game. But you you kind of, your hub, the tower, quote-unquote, from, from Destiny or whatever, is, uh, is this haven for people that like extreme sports. And it supposedly sits in the center of, like, all of these amazing national parks in the United States. Like, like Zion, camp. Bryce Canyon. Yeah. But, you know, you have all these locations that aren't necessarily that close to one another. Right. Separated by hundreds of miles in real life. (laughs) They're all, like, centrally on this map. Um, But, I mean, I guess if the map was meant to be bigger in scale, but it never says that. uh, You're able to jump around pretty easily between the areas to go to. Like, as you progress through the career, it'll say, new challenge unlocked over here new race unlocked over here and you can just zoom out on the map click it and it'll take you to a vicinity that's somewhat nearby but not right on top of it like when you select it you can choose either you know drop me nearby which is free or there is an option where you can take like a helicopter to a very specific point but it costs money and you earn money by completing events and doing stuff in the game you can also use that money to you know, upgrade your gear, uh, your cosmetics, that kind of stuff. Um, but this massive world that they've constructed for Riders Republic has zero load times. That's it crazy, is man. Incredible. You can be downhill biking in freaking Zion Canyon, like in the northwest part of the map, and then jump to the southeast snowy area and be snowboarding all within like the span of 10 seconds. That's so it's, cool. Incredible how the game just seamlessly transitions you to a different area, just pops it in, and you see all of these other fucking people in your game. Like, how they advertised it in the trailers and how they advertised it in all these conferences is actually how the game plays. So, if you pick a point on the map and go there, you can run into a number of different scenarios, but you'll always know how many people are in your world I guess your your server that you're currently inhabiting because when you go to the map and check out like the events that are currently available and and if you want to just kind of see what's around you see all these little icons 
for everybody else that's there. They're like these little white icons, okay. and there's hundreds of them. There's tons of them. And if you zoom in, because there's a 2D view and a 3D view, the 2D view allows you just to see the map and obviously with the little character icons. But if you click 3D view, you can actually zoom all the way in. And wherever you see one of those icons, you can zoom in on a player. They're all there. They're all real people. That's crazy. Like you could zoom in on somebody and they're they're just doing their they're doing whatever they're doing, man. And if I'm picked a spot, say near an event, I can see people competing in that event. Like Say there's a race that I know does three laps in this area. I can go there and I can watch people partaking in that event. Yeah, that's crazy, man. And I can drive into that, not actually being a part of the event and potentially show up in it. Like, I, I'm not going to get credit for it, but I would be then show up as just like a secondary character to those people in that event. It's, it's insane, dude. It's really cool. I love the concept here. And the gameplay is really, really fun. Okay, that all was my next extreme, question because I all I of think the extreme sports this, are handled well. That's awesome. That is so cool. Like it's very easy to pull off tricks regardless of your skill level. It's very easy to do well. Like I was posting pictures in Discord when I first jumped into the beta last weekend. I was doing extremely well. I was winning races left and right. I was leveling up rather quickly. And it's I, I was thinking that it just people were bad because it was a beta. I think I'm just actually pretty decent at the game. I understand it. Like You're just really good at extreme sports. Well, and I never like I'm not. That's the thing. <laughs> I was never that like amazing at Tony Hawk or, you know, the the Dave Mira games or the uh, whatever. Oh, dude. S- snowboarding games that Nintendo used to release, the 1080 games. I was never I buy, amazing. I, I bought all of them. Oh, I did too. But I was never amazing at them. So to be somewhat decent at this one, which is more or less a bona fide racing game, like I've always been decent at racing games. So that's pretty much all you're doing here. Like there are ways to compete in score challenges and that kind of stuff. Like there's not just racing events in Riders Republic. There are other events as well. Um, I don't do as well in those ones. Like when I have to compete for top scores, I never have won yet. But if I'm just racing, I win often. So, <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's, you know, I think that there is an element of how much fun a game is based on how good you are at it. Right. Except if you're Dan playing Warzone, a lot of people like to win the game a lot Absolutely. in order to to have a decent time with it. Um, I, that that was just a little we'll see if Dan's listening to this. Episode. We'll dig on Dan. We'll dig on Dan. Yeah. 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 It's, but man, uh, Sebastian's coming soon. Speaking of Dan. Yeah. Sebastian. Sebastian. Sebastian Bach. Insane. Um, Yeah, he's got he's got another thing coming, doesn't he? He's got a Christmas coming up with a baby. Unreal. Yep. You're used to it. You don't even. Oh, I've been there, bud. You don't. You're you're like, I don't even care. Christmas for me is the time that I just empty my bank account. (laughs) Like, there's too much money in here. I was considering because I can't afford to purchase Riders Republic right now. Um, I was considering jumping into the PC version through Ubisoft Connect, their service or whatever. Yeah. And luckily, you can bring all of your progress cross progression. There's cross play, like you can play with others on regardless of whatever platform they're playing on. Um, I might jump to the PC version for a bit, but I don't know that I would stick to the PC. Because this is a game that I actually love playing on the couch. Like, I don't want to sit here in the chair forever while I'm playing it. 
Um, but I don't think it's something that I'm finished with yet. Like, I still want to play more Riders Republic after the four. And I played all four hours. Like, that's my extent of Riders Republic. I played the four hours that I was able to in the beta. All four, like, I complete. Like, it just stopped after the, those, like, you know, thanks for checking out the beta. If you want more, purchase the game. <laughs> You know what? And I, I think it is something that I eventually want to jump into also. I think you should. I think you should. I, I think I, I know that I should. And I think, I think that we I'd all like were it, but hyped I'm, on it for a very specific reason. I'm still hyped on it. And it lives up to it. Like, it's a I'm very still in one good of those game. Spots, I'm in one of those spots with gaming still where I feel like I've got way too much going on just in terms of games. Like, I've got six games I could play at any second and all that I'm, like, involved in currently. You know what I mean? Right. So no, there's, there's, it, a, there's a lot that to play that out I'm there right now. Probably going to get around to, but not yet. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I get it. I get it. That's how it goes, I guess. There's so much stuff out there right now. So, and I'm not even playing yet. the The next game you have to talk about. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll come back around to Guardians of the Galaxy as I mentioned a little bit earlier. But I want to stick with this uh, this Halloween feel here as we have the campfire going. I just finished oh, yeah. telling our uh, our tale of two Ubisofts, and uh, I want to talk a little back for blood because Which you and I played together. My finally, man. finally, we jumped in Thursday night this past week and played for a handful of hours. Like, yeah, like played two, for a few hours. Yeah, it was like two hours or so. And uh, we're not done yet. Decent amount of progress in those two hours. But no, we're going to go back. We're going to finish the game. I am really liking Back for Blood from what we've played so far. No, you know what? I am too, man. And I I knew that I would. I, I yeah, don't know. I don't, I don't want to say I'm surprised that I like it as much as I do because I knew that I would. But I am... I mean, there's an element of like, oh, wow, I'm glad that I like this. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm glad that it lived up to what I kind of expected it to live up to it. And I played a lot of Left 4 Dead. Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 are games that even like as recently as last year, I was jumping into kind of occasionally with some friends when we got bored, we would play some Left 4 Dead. And this, in most ways, feels like an evolution of that. I mean, if you've played Left 4 Dead, you know what to expect going into Back 4 Blood. It's it's a more expansive, kind of more um, bigger ideas coming forward in Back 4 Blood than I think ever got fleshed out in Left 4 Dead. And more ways to play the game. I think that are that are valid and, and reasonable ways to play than I think I ever experienced in Left 4 Dead either. And and after the couple hours that we played, I don't think that we've even scratched the surface in terms of what's available to play as. Oh, definitely not, man. There's there's so much content kind of packed into Back for Blood right now. And and we're just working through the campaign, like, you know, working on the supply lines, which you can it probably continue to do even after the campaign. That's like, what it seems like. Yeah, you can go back and get more points and unlock more yeah, things. You can get more supply points by doing either missions again or I'm assuming because we have not checked out the um, like other modes besides campaign at all. Like right, we haven't jumped into anything else yet. I imagine you earn supply points doing things over there too. I would imagine so, yeah. There's an online versus mode. There's the did they call it the swarm mode or the horde mode? I think it's swarm. I think it's swarm too. But, but I, but I horde, assume but horde that that's more, more sense. But, we but I think horde mode is gears, which is why they don't call it that. Gotcha. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, we haven't jumped into that yet, but I assume it's kind of an endless how long can you last type ordeal which the game isn't easy like it starts you off kind of easy but yes. it'll it'll thrust you into into the action relatively quick and 
while we never were wiped out, we came close. We came close. We once. did come close once or twice. Yeah. But we never actually like were completely wiped out. We were playing with two bots, unfortunately. Um, Who were absolute imbeciles. Yeah. Garbage. Well, they, they did a few smart things from time to time. But for the most part, they were part, healers occasionally. They would walk up and bandage me so yeah, that I they could would be playing the they game. They would bandage, they would pick us up if we fell, and then chuck some Molotov cocktails every now and then. But yeah. um, that they, they weren't really racking up kills outside of, you know, grenades or Molotovs and things like that. So it's unfortunate that there probably aren't enough people playing through the campaign to continuously get matched up with people all the time. Um, but the fact that you can actually play with bots so that way you don't have to right. have long wait times or whatever is kind of nice. I, Absolutely, I, I don't, yeah. I don't no, hate I'm that. glad that I that was the case. That, yeah, I just wish that, you know, we had more people to play with. <laughs> But what we did get to jump into was really, really fun. And I think that... Yeah, super fun. Probably the biggest deviation from, you know, the source material from Left 4 Dead is the card system that they use where right before every round, you, you, before you, before you start playing at all, you can build a deck of cards and right before every round, it pulls a couple of those cards and you get to choose one as a buff for your character. So and you, you can actually build the decks around like certain play styles. Yeah. Like play. Like you want to be melee. You want to be. Or, yeah, correct. exactly. Which is really, really cool. And I think that it allows kind of a much broader interpretation of what you want to do in the game and what it allows you to do, which is really nice. And that's something that. Left 4 Dead was when you chose a character in Left 4 Dead, you were just a skin. And then Ooh, let's talk about the characters in Back for Blood. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I, well I'll get there in really, a and then and then you could pick up basically one of four different gun types in Left 4 Dead and have that as your as your weapon. Uh there's more guns in this game, and there are gun attachments in this game that kind of reminded me of Apex Legends in terms of how the attachments work, different colors for uh, different levels of upgrade. And then, you know, guns have between three and four different attachment slots. But yeah, the characters each have their own weapon that you cannot get rid of. It's their signature weapon. I was playing as mom and mom had this like sick old timey shotgun that was just blasting fools. And I couldn't drop that gun, which I which I thought was nice. I thought it gave extra incentive to if you want to use a certain type of weapon, you've got to be the character that uses that weapon. And then if I want to build into kind of a very shotgunny, heavy, blasty, you know, crit or or head damage type of character, then mom would be a good character to do that. Holly would not be a good character to do, to do that because she no, uses, she's, she's, she's more melee focused. Yeah. She uses a melee weapon. So I thought that that was a really neat spin on it too. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that they have like different cosmetics that you can unlock for all the characters actually gives incentive to play through the game as all the characters instead of just one, because you have to complete missions as each character to unlock, you know, individual unique skins and that kind of stuff. So um, I do enjoy that aspect as well. And I think the characters themselves are really well done in Back for Blood. I was enjoying the different personalities of the the starting four that you get. And then, you know, they yeah. intro the other four after you get out of the like four mission prologue or whatever it is. Um, and then you're able to choose from all the characters after that. I probably am just going to end up sticking with Holly, who 
I was enjoying playing as her. Um, I like her personality. I like her play style. She's, as you mentioned, more melee focused. And I, one of the cards that I took actually changed her bash into like a knife attack as well. Um, right. And I, and I like that as you play through the campaign, your cards seem to carry over with you. Yes. As you go. Which I thought which was is, really cool. Yeah. Which is really cool. Like... It makes sense, I guess, because it's all still like part of like one campaign, but I wasn't expecting it. And I, and I really enjoyed that aspect. And I like how through the cards you can change up certain things to either benefit or help your play style. Like if you're finding yourself constantly low on health, you can maybe invest in the healing efficiency or just straight up upgrade your health. Or you can upgrade your reload time or whatever, the magazine clip size. Like, I don't, things like that is pretty freaking cool that you have direct control over little elements that, you know, could change the way that you play the game based on your own play style. Right. I don't know. I like this here. I do too. I do too. It's something that you and I talked about. Like, we will absolutely finish the campaign of this game. And I think that it has. And I want to finish together because I don't want to oh, finish yeah. this with three bots. That would suck. Oh my gosh, that sounds no. I, I, at, le- I at least I at least want I, I at least want one other player there with me. Um, yes, because you and I did pretty well together. Uh, in, yeah, uh, we, did know, in of, in, we did fine. We did fine. In spite the... of the bots like glitching out, and Evangelo would just kind of like sit there and like look jittery for a time. Yeah, like, he, would he would just get every now and then. He would just get which stuck. I. Know. I've I've heard people talk about that before. Like that's that is a thing. Uh, yeah, it's just an unfortunate thing with the with the bots and the CPU. Yeah. It, the other thing is, I feel like in Left 4 Dead, the the special zombies, the special infected, were kind of rare, and you would see a few every level. There are a lot in this We've game. Seen a ton, the big dude. zombies, We've seen a ton. The spitters, the tall boys, everywhere, man. They, Stalkers, they are, and they are constantly all over the place. And we've ran into several big bosses too. Bosses, like, yes. The ogre, yeah. The ogre. There was um, oh man, I, what was the second? The second one was the wretch. Was it the wretch? Was that his name? I don't remember. At any rate, we we, we defeated the second one too. And, huge and I, health I, bars. I don't think we've come across a third one to the point that we're at yet. yet. I think we've only hit two. Um, but I like even if you have subtitles turned on, like the game will alert you through subtitles. Ogre approaching, ogre startup scene, or something like. Yes, like, exactly. What, what does that mean? <laughs> exactly. It was it was spoiling it a little bit. Um, it's kind of neat. Like, which makes me. I kind of want to turn that off, just because I like the fact that they could sneak up on me. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Spitter approaching. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I kind of like that aspect, but it does take away from you know some of the the surprise or jump scare of something potentially you know, yeah. right in front of you. Um. It's unfortunate that you can't turn off. Maybe you can. I don't know. Maybe you can just turn off the the warnings. You can turn off the ambient subtitles. You can do just dialogue. That's probably what we should do. Yeah. Probably should turn off ambient. That's probably where the, the ogre stuff comes from then. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll finish. This is a good weekend for Back for Blood. I don't know if we'll get a chance to jump into it anymore this weekend with Halloween. Obviously, I know you've got a ton of things going on. My, my weekend's pretty open. I actually probably will be playing some spooky games this weekend. Uh, not doing any Amazon deliveries because it's a nightmare out there on Halloween right. weekend. I mean, especially when Halloween falls on a weekend, like tonight and tomorrow from five to seven is trick or treating in like every community pretty much in this area. 
um, some some are tonight, some are tomorrow. But you never know what area you're going to deliver in when you go pick up a route for Amazon Flex. So I could get an area that has trick-or-treating tonight from 5 to 7 if I went and delivered tonight. And I don't necessarily want to do that. So... <laughs> And I know for a fact I don't want to do it tomorrow. Um, I don't want to be driving around out there trying to deliver packages when parents and kids are walking all up and down the streets and sidewalks. Yeah, I wouldn't either. It's just, there's that's just too much. Like, it probably would, a three-hour, I'm assuming a three-hour route would actually either take the full three hours, which would suck at that point. Uh, it's never taken me the full three hours or even longer because of how busy the neighborhoods would be and, you know, trying to find a place to either stop your car or wait for people to walk by. It just would be a fucking headache. I'm not interested in working out this weekend. <laughs> I'll stay in. Play some Back for Blood, maybe. Well, Hell yeah. Play some Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, though. That's what I'll be jumping into as um, as we talk about another thing that I've been playing here. And, man, were we wrong about this game have you looked into it all yes a little bit okay i don't know why i feel like somewhere someone in a preview or maybe it was a trailer described this as a bioware formula game yeah well it was i'll tell you exactly what it was it was the it was the moment where peter throws rocket across like a chasm and it was like rocket didn't like that that was that was the moment that everybody was like oh this is bioware this is mass effect and it's not at all. There's zero RPG elements in Guardians of the Galaxy. There are zero elements of the Bioware formula in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, the closest thing that you probably get is the dialogue options and the rocket will remember this or whatever. But as far as I can tell, I don't think that matters that much. Like, yeah, I didn't think it would either. I'll be honest. I don't think there's um, a ton of different endings i don't there might be a couple different endings but i don't think there's a ton um i think this is very very similar to jedi fallen order okay this is a single player narrative combat driven action adventure game this feels like uncharted at times this feels heavily like jedi fallen order at times um you have this you're only able to play as peter Peter Quill, Star-Lord, and uh, you have Gamora, Rocket, Groot, Drax as your support members, but they fight on their own. You can't switch to them, but you can tell them to do their attacks, and their attacks are on cooldown. So hitting, I'm playing on PS5, so hitting L1 brings up the radial menu, and then square, triangle, circle, X are assigned to one of the party members. And by hitting it, they go off and do their, you know, either combat ability, which is they always do a lot of damage and will always do more damage than Peter. So whenever their abilities are up, use them. (laughs) Sure. But they also have unique individual abilities when exploring the world. Like Groot can build a bridge of roots and, you know, bridge gaps. Rocket can fix things. Uh, Peter shoots things out, you know, like he can clear things off of bridges or switches or whatever with his blasters. And everybody has a has a role. So even though you're not playing as the individual characters, they're all still around and they all kind of walk together. And there's banter constantly as you play through the individual levels of the game. And it's set up very much like Uncharted or Jedi Fall. I think it's like 18 chapters, 16 or 18 chapters. And each one is, you know, depending on how fast you play through, either 
could take as little as a half hour or as much as two hours. I think the one that I spent the most time with, I think it was a little over an hour and a half so far um, for, for one of the chapters. They're not super long chapters, but they're fun. And I think the game is clocking somewhere in like the 20 to 25 hour mark. That's about right for I'd say so, a yeah. single player non-RPG with not a lot of side quests either. Like, this is not an RPG. This is not a Bioware-style game. And I know that, you know, we talked about that last week, and you were saying that you probably would avoid it for now because of that, because you're not, you're not huge on that style. I actually think this is a game you need to play because of how much it reminds me of Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, I think I would probably enjoy it. And after watching a couple of people and, like, trying not to spoil myself, but jumping in occasionally for, like, some streams and stuff, you know? Oh, I, that's what I was going to put in the lightning round. Oh, I'll do that. Because before you and I started recording, I was trying to think of something that I forgot to put in the lightning round. I'm not going to put it in there now. I'm just going to mention it here. Um, Amy Henning, her new studio over at Skybound, just uh, f- signed an agreement with Marvel. And they are working on a new single-player, story-focused, narrative-driven IP for Marvel. And Amy Henning is the creator of Uncharted, and she was the one that was working on that Star Wars single-player oh, game yeah. over at EA uh, that with Visceral that got canned. And right. then that team went and got scooped up um, by some uh, some other studio. Now they're working with Skybound, and uh, they're, they're doing a Marvel game. Oh, so, sick. Yeah, so there's going to be another game almost just like this in a couple years. Um, even though this isn't Amy Henning, this has a lot of influence from like stuff that she was involved in. Um, that's pretty exciting. That's exciting. Yeah, no, it is. And there's this, this game goes on the list of games that I want to play and will probably pick up eventually as maybe as they go on sale, but it's, it's this game and Kenna Bridge of Spirits from this year so far, the games that I know that I'll enjoy. Those are ones that I think should be up for potential awards. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I think both of them will be. To some degree. Yeah. So hopefully you're able to get around to playing them before the end of the year. <laughs> I've, I've heard some uh, some dissent, some some complaint over the clunky dialogue in this game. The writing, I guess, is not and, up okay, to par I've, with what you'd expect. I've thought it's been great. Like, coming from a fan of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, they're probably one of my favorite IPs that Marvel has. Oh, I'm yeah, not huge there. on superheroes. Like, you know, I don't run out there and I don't, I've not seen every Thor movie. I've not seen every Iron Man. I've not seen every Captain America. There's ones that I've skipped. Um, but I've seen both Guardians of the Galaxies. And I am a massive fan of the characters. And even though these characters are more based on their comic versions and not the the film versions, um, I think the dialogue is awesome. I think the the banter between the characters is enjoyable. I like how they give you shit for exploring. Like okay. there will there will be moments where Rocket's like, "All right, we got to go over here." And they'll they'll just go. Like he'll just go over there. And he's like, "This way looks like a dead end. I'm going to go this way." And then if you go down the dead end, he's like, "Oh, good job kind of finding out exactly what I told you was down there." And then you like there's literally nothing down there and you come back and meet him. You know what I mean? So like Right. <laughs> it's it's comedic like the movies are. They are constantly sure, sure. um, you know, telling one-liners or jokes. I think the there's Peter's. I don't know who's doing the voice acting for Peter. It's the only one that isn't hitting a home run every single time. Uh, all the other characters sound and kind of act similar to what you would expect those characters to be. 
um, the soundtrack is incredible. Like the way that they utilize licensed tracks with in-house composed stuff is pretty fucking cool. And how heavy this is on 80s and 90s rock is amazing, dude. There's so much Twisted Sister. There's so much hair metal. Like, it's it's what you expect from Guardians of the Galaxy. Motley Crue is in there. Kickstart My Heart's in there. Like, there, and when you kind of go in to the combat, you're you're kind of handling things, as, as I said, with the characters doing their abilities. But there will come a point where something might happen, and you have to huddle up. So you push a button, and it'll bring all the characters together, like if you're losing a battle or whatever. And they might be scripted. I don't know. But I don't think they are. You bring everybody together, and depending on what you say, you can either hype up the group or, you know, fuck things up, I guess, is the best way to put it. And if you win these huddles, you go out there and you all are, like, super powerful and doing a ton of damage. If you lose, I don't know what happens. I assume you take damage or just nothing happens. (laughs) Um, Luckily, I've only ran across two huddles so far and won both times. Um, But I think there's several in the game. I was looking into like what actually the huddles can change and dictate and that kind of stuff. But as soon as you come out of a huddle, Peter clicks on his cassette player and like, you know, kickstart my heart will come in or whatever, like some rock song. And like it just the combat just instantly amps up. Things just are crazy sounding. How they utilized the license tracks reminds me a lot of the way Death Stranding did it. And it was very well done in that game, too. Sure. So um, there's a lot to like here with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And I think I think it will be I think it will be on my short list right now for games that I've enjoyed most this year. Sure. Um, You know, that list is pretty small. There hasn't been a ton of amazing things this year. I know we talked about that last week on the show, how, you know, this year has been kind of stagnant in terms of heavy hitters. I have one, two, three, four, five games listed right now on my short list for game of the year. I have not put Guardians of the Galaxy on it. I probably won't until I finish it because I'm not sure that I actually want to put it on there yet, but it, right now it's trending in that direction. Um, but yeah, I only have five things on there right now, and we're pretty much in November already. Usually there's more than that for me by yeah. now. And same here. I think I have four or five on my short list of games that I would consider nominating for game of the year. And uh, like I said, I haven't played Guardians of the Galaxy but I've played most of the big heavy hitters and uh, just no masterpieces this year. Yeah. Yeah. This year yet. was lacking in masterpieces. The highest rated game on Open Critic is 89. And Lust that's a Fusta Fellows. Yep. So, so pretty crazy. But I am enjoying it. I am glad that I pre ordered this game when I did like several months ago because I didn't have to pay for it now and I don't have the money. So <laughs> glad that I had that. <laughs> for sure. Uh, I'm loving this game. And even though I was completely wrong, even though I thought this was going to be like a bigger 40, 50 hour style Mass Effect style Bioware RPG, I'm liking what it is. I'm liking that it is more of an action adventure. I'm liking that there are uncharted type set piece moments that you have to play through that are scripted. I like this shit, dude. I love this style of game. So I'm really enjoying it. It probably deserved my number one spot for my own Thunderdome list. Um, there there was part of me that was questioning after I found out it wasn't a Bioware game if it should have been the number one spot. But after I got a couple more hours into it, I was like, oh, yeah, this game is fucking awesome. <laughs> That's good to know. And it seems like people are enjoying it more than I thought they would. So Yeah. 
Like, and especially since you enjoyed Jedi Fallen Order so much, as I did. I mean, you and I both love that game. I think you would really, really, really get a kick out of Guardians of the Galaxy. But I think that's going to be it for what's new with you this week. That's uh, a hefty amount of games. We've got a couple things lined up for next week. Kyle, I know you're going to talk New World next week. Yeah, I'll talk um, some New World. I've been I've been playing a couple new games that we haven't talked about yet. So yeah, I don't I don't know exactly what I'll be what I'll be hitting next week. Um, not quite sure because. I don't know if I'll have a... Well, you know what? I might talk Forza next week. Oh, freak yeah. Because it comes freak out on Friday, yeah. so... I might talk Forza next week. Yeah, we might have to talk some Forza next week. Uh comes out on Friday through Game Pass, but yeah. Look forward to uh, look forward to that, but we're going to jump into a little Sean Waltman lightning round. Kyle, we have a handful of things here to talk about. Uh, we, we put everything that was big from Sony's state of play in the lightning round because otherwise that state of play last week that we talked about in last week's lightning round was not that exciting. I did sure do a reaction wasn't. video. You can go check it out. YouTube.com forward slash level down games. We are still level down games on YouTube for now, but it was a pretty average state of play until I would end. call it below average <laughs> personally. Yes. Until the end. And then, I mean, even, even for you, the end might not have stuck the landing. Did not but, at all. Um, for, for fans of heavy Japanese games, then absolutely. But let's take a look at this. This is what I'm talking about right here. Let your own begins right now. Square Enix and Trace shocked us all during last week's state of play and announced Star Ocean, the divine force for PC, PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, and Xbox One with a release date of next freaking year. Pretty incredible. Star Ocean, the divine force, will tell a gripping story that seamlessly melds science fiction and fantasy elements and can be enjoyed by newcomers to the series and veterans alike. The game features dual protagonists, which offer different story perspectives and gameplay experiences. Raymond, the captain of the space trading ship, Edis, and Letitia, the princess knight of a kingdom of an underdeveloped planet. Fate will bring Raymond, Letitia, and several other ally characters together. This looks like an evolution of Star Ocean to me. It yeah. looks like they're borrowing a lot of elements from Xenoblade in terms of the exploration and the way that the game looks. Sure. And that's okay. In my like, I, I love Xenoblade. I love what Monolith did with that series. Uh, I've always enjoyed the Star Ocean games. The last two have been sort of just average at best. But Star Ocean 1, 2, and 3 were fucking awesome. Uh, I will definitely pick up the Divine Force next year. I'm looking forward to it. Young Horses will release a free substantial update for Bug Snacks in early 2022 titled The Isle of Big Snacks. A mysterious island crawling with supersized bug snacks has surfaced from the bottom of the ocean. Get ready to reunite with your favorite grumpuses and launch an expedition to discover what massive secrets the island has in store. The Isle of Big Snacks update will also bring new additions to Snacktooth Island. The grumpuses have finally finished your hut and soon you will be able to complete challenges from your mailbox plus collect decorations to personalize your hut to make it the snazziest on the island finally and perhaps most importantly you will also be able to put hats on your favorite bug snacks this is i don't know that i was ever expecting uh, dlc updates to bug snacks but i will tell you this i will download the isle of big snacks and i will play the isle of big snacks and my kid will sit next to me and flip his lid the entire time and we're gonna enjoy the hell out of it and you're gonna put some hats on the bug snacks too i will put hats on all of the bug snacks. <laughs> I mean, I it's just, you know what? This game was stupid. This game was so stupid. And I had a blast. I was going to say, but you enjoyed it. I remember you I enjoyed, enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hell out of this game. Yeah, I remember you enjoyed My it. My kid so. still plays it. He loves it. 
That's awesome. I, yeah, he's, like, I was, he's at school. He's like, I'm trying to tell my friends about Bug Snacks. They have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. I'm like, dude, that's because this game nobody cared about it. I was shocked that they announced free DLC, dude. Like insane. And then Greg Miller mean. on Twitter talked to the team into adding new trophies as well. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> so they're adding trophies with this update too. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Gung Ho Online Entertainment and developer Super Trick Games have announced Death First, Let It Die, a follow-up to the original Let It Die for PS5 and PS4. I think this might be the last thing that we're talking about today out of the state of play because it was the only other thing that was worth mentioning. Um, It'll release as a free-to-play game in spring 2022. In the survival battle arena Death First, Let It Die, you'll compete against players and fight off hazardous in-game foes in player versus player versus environment combat. Use state-of-the-art weaponry to dazzle crowds and customize your own original character with upgrades you collect and unlock as you cheat death, outlive your competitors, and climb the rankings to become a star. This didn't look yeah, that this, great to me. This game's not for me. No, not for me either. This game looked very boring. A different take on a battle royale, right? Yeah. Um, I didn't play the original Let It Die either. I, I never thought that looked that exciting to me. Um, it didn't. I, I will certainly not pick this up when it comes out. <laughs> I'll tell you me. what I will pick up is the I new know, game I, from... I, I had a feeling you would. Saber Interactive, Illogica, and Epitome... Which is the craziest spelled, uh, anyways. Yeah, Epitome they all are. Have, I know, it's so weird. Have announced A Quiet Place, a single-player story-driven horror adventure game based on the Paramount Pictures IP. It'll be released sometime next year, and I will be buying it on day one and staying up all night and participating in A Quiet Place. This is, dude, I love both of these movies. I think they're both so well done. We did an I've not seen Files two episode. Yet. I've not seen two yet. I did watch and love the first one when it came out. Okay, so so two is not as good as the first one, and and again, I think there was some kind of diminishing effects on the on the uh, the style of that movie. Right, Absolutely. the first one was so unique um, yeah. and stupid at times, but also fun. A lot of fun. And uh, I think the second one was really good, too. I think it's worth watching. And uh, it is something you, that I will. It is something that I absolutely want to still see. Like, I, I, I want to watch is, it. This is going to have to be like a, a stealth horror game, which I think which is, is going to be, be great. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what it, I mean. That's the only formula this game could follow. Yep. Based based on the IP. So that's pretty exciting. And I have to assume it'll just be like an original story just in that universe. Maybe. Yeah, or, I'm sure. I'm sure. New protagonists. Everything. Yeah, else. it's not going to it's not going to be John Emily or whatever. Yeah. Or Emily Blunt. You're not going to be playing as one of those two. <laughs> it would be cool if you could, but I don't know that you'd be able to. It'd be fun if you actually were able to run into them, though. Emily like, Blunt if they were, better be in it, though, because I love her. Well, and she was also in both. So, yeah, you would think that she would be in, in in the game. Like I said, even if you just like run into them out in the world or something, you know what I mean? Like they're just they're just there trying to survive too. whatever. That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> yep, I'm in. Housemark has released version 2.0 of Returnal on the PS5. And this is the big update that has finally added not only a gorgeous looking photo mode, but also the ability to suspend in progress cycles, effectively giving players the save state they've been clamoring for since the game released earlier this year. I'm disappointed you did not play this game when it was as hard as it was. Okay, I add this. This is game number three of games that I will pick up eventually because no, I and, know and that that's I would fine, love this game. But it's now easier than it was. I'm sure. curious if you would have been able to get through it when it was as challenging as possible because I wasn't. What? These are the types of games that I'm like, let's go. Like if when they're really hard like this. 
I'm like more more motivated. Yeah, I'm disappointed you never checked this out before the, the updates hit because I, I was unable to get through it. I never finished it. And I you still know, we never talked about it. when we were talking about potential games of the year. I think that this one probably has a leg to stand on. I don't know that it'll get game of the year, but I think this game could get something. Yeah, because there's a lot to like with with Returnal. Uh, I went back after the first update that kind of reduced the difficulty, you know, the damage output that enemies were doing was lessened and all that, and kind of you were buffed, and I still thought the game was challenging. So sure. adding adding the, you know, save states, which allow you to suspend a run, which was a big complaint back in the day because runs could take three to four hours in Returnal, so some people don't have that much time to sit down all at once. Being able to suspend your cycle now is huge, and I think more people will finish it because of that. November's free games are almost here. Starting with Microsoft and Games with Gold on Xbox One, users can download Moving Out and Kingdom Two Crowns. Uh, moving out, I'm looking forward to. And on Xbox 360, you can download Rocket Knight and Lego Batman 2 DC Superheroes. Remember, all games are playable on Xbox Series with backwards compatibility. Moving over to Sony and PlayStation Plus, users can download First Class Trouble, which was that weird game that was shown off. It was announced during the state of play. It's like a yeah, and Among it was Us so, copy. What a weird announcement yeah, that turned out. Weird. Anyways, but it's free. Uh, but it's free. Yep, First Class Trouble and Knockout City on PS5. On PS4, you can download the same two games, plus Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning, which is awesome. And on PSVR, you can download The Persistence, The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, and Until You Fall. These are the three PlayStation VR games that we mentioned last week on the show that they would be giving away until January. Yep. So these are available the entire month of November and the month of December. Um, I mean, no question this month. Got to go PlayStation on this side. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Definitely a stronger month with with way more games available. Exactly. Um, But Kingdoms of of Amalur alone, I think, is the the kicker there. Yeah. And um, Knockout City, surprisingly. Like. Oh, yeah. Knockout City was dope. I enjoyed that game when we jumped into it on uh, Game Pass. Yep. I did, too. So the fact that it's coming to PlayStation Plus is kind of cool. I probably will install First Class Trouble and play a round or two to see how it is, but I can't imagine I stick with it. Nah, it, I don't think again, I will either. It looks very Among Us. So, uh, Shoji Bigero, the composer most famously known for working at Atlas and scoring the soundtracks for the Shimigami Tensei and Persona franchises, has officially left his position with the company to become a freelancer and is announcing a new indie game project he's involved with later this week. So, awesome. Interesting news. I was scared that, you know, he was not going to be working at all on Atlas Games after this news came out, but uh, did say that he would still be scoring the soundtracks to Persona and Shimagami and stuff in the future. Like, he's still going to work with them on their games. He's just no longer employed by them. He'll be uh, freelancing whenever he does work with them. But this gives him the opportunity to kind of work on individual projects like the one he's announcing later this week or even projects for other studios. Um, And I think that's what most composers end up doing. Like sometimes, you know, they'll stay in house for a while, but more often than not, you know, you look at uh, all of the more popular composers, they've all gone freelance over the last like 10 or 20 years. And I think it just works out better for them. So I'm assuming he will uh, he will find great success out there. He's an amazing composer. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) With a huge track record. The stuff he did for Persona alone is fucking incredible. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he announces later this week. And then closing out the roundup, we have our, or I'm sorry, closing out the lightning round, we have the release date roundup and delays. 
We have Undungeon coming out on November 18th and Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach releasing on December 16th. And then delays, we have two. Shadow Warrior 3 has been delayed until sometime next year. It was scheduled to come out before the end of the year, but it's been kicked. And Weird West has been delayed until January 11th. I'm kind of excited for that game. That game still looks dope. Yeah, I might check it out. I might. Uh, It does look cool, though. But that, unfortunately, is the end of the lightning round. This is Kyle, and one day you can be too. Every Friday, I host what is soon to be your favorite podcast, The Media Files. Me and one of my best friends talk about pop culture happening so that you don't look like an uncultured swine during those boring water cooler conversations. Laughs are shared, tears are cried, and sometimes we have really interesting special guests that you might be familiar with. Download The Media Files wherever you download podcasts, and remember, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. you know what that music means it's time for the new release roulette but before we talk about the five games that we have here we did take some guesses last week to see who would come close or closest i guess on the uh the open critic challenge since we're not doing uh wagers and bets anymore guardians of the galaxy i said 82 you said 80 110 reviews 82 is the top critic average damn i got i got one right nice the unliving i said 78 you said 77 not on open critic could not find it on there yet. Shucks. Unfortunate. Moonglow Bay, I said 75, and you said 73. This one did not have enough reviews as of ah. this morning to have an average, so unfortunate. Age of Empires 4, I said 85, you said 81. Based on 63 reviews, 84, the official top critic average. Damn, man, you're good. Riders Republic, I said 74, you said 70. This one also does not have enough reviews yet. And then Mario Party Superstars, I said 81, you said 88. 41 reviews, 80. The official top critic. Unreal, unreal. You're good. You've been doing this a lot longer than I have. So I came. I came. Well, no. I mean, you still guess on mine. Yeah, you've been doing it just as long. (laughs) Just got lucky this week. Uh, Man, Mario Party Superstars. I I am glad that game did review well. I want to pick it up. I've been seeing people playing on Twitch and having a ton of fun. Uh, I, I am looking forward to jumping into Mario Party Superstars when I am able. But, um, yeah, I guess I was closest, so I will, uh... No, you, I, don't want, I don't want to take the final words, though. I like the personal playlist. I like Kyle, Kyle you gotta give Kyle a pee-pee time. Gotta have my pee-pee time. Kyle needs pee-pee time. I don't want the final words. I'll take pick of the week, though. <laughs> you can have pick of the week. That's fine. <laughs> I'll take pick of the week, even though you and, you and I would pick the same game this week, so it doesn't really matter. We have five games to talk about here on the new release roulette. Uh, there's probably more. Go check out the video version over on our YouTube channel. We do a show every Monday for the new release roulette. It's a lot of fun. Game number one coming on Monday, yesterday, on PC. The Legend of Tian Ding. The Legend of Tian Ding is a side-scrolling action adventure. Just action game, not adventure game. Just action game. About Liao Tian Ding. I hope I'm saying that right. The legendary Taiwanese folk hero. Explore the dazzling streets of colonial Japanese Taiwan in the early 20th century. I think I want to play this. I don't know that I'm familiar with this one, but... It has a unique uh, art style, and I like the setting, so I kind of want to play this. I think it'd be fun. Game number two, also on Tuesday, that's today, coming to PC, Unpacking. Unpacking is a zen puzzle game about the familiar experience of pulling possessions out of boxes and fitting them into a new home. Part block fitting puzzle, part home decoration, you are invited to create a satisfying living space while learning clues about the life you're unpacking. And this is also this on Game Pass. The, uh, this is the game I was talking about earlier when I said I was excited for moving out. Moving oh, out, I've already played. This is the game I was thinking of. 
Uh, it's on Game Pass, so sweet. You'll, you'll be able to play it on PC uh, today. Yeah, I'll probably install it too. It looks cute. It looks fun. Yep. Game number three is also today on Tuesday. PC, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. It is Tunch. Tunch is a charming hand-drawn action game with roguelike elements. Team up with your friends or play solo. Choose from five unique characters and restore peace in the Amazon rainforest. We've seen this game a few times, and each time we see it, I am always in love. I am excited to play this. I think Super cool really art cool. style. Looks like, reminds me a lot of, uh, what's that game that came out earlier this year? The Heart of the Wild? Heart of the Wild? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Reminds me of that, yeah. Some Yeah, that game was good. I like that game. Uh, game number four, coming on Friday to PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, and Xbox One, Call of Duty Vanguard. Rise on every front. Dogfight over the Pacific, airdrop over France, defend Stalingrad with a sniper's precision, and blast through advancing forces in North Africa. The Call of Duty franchise returns with Call of Duty Vanguard, developed by Sledgehammer Games, where players will be immersed in visceral World War II combat on an unprecedented global scale. Yeah, I don't know that I'm going to pick this up. I won't be. Yeah, I don't think I will be. Um, I don't think Dan is either. I don't, I don't think, think he, he is. is. I, last I talked to him, he wasn't. Yeah, I don't think he is either, so... I think, I think, if anything, we'll all be jumping into Battlefield in November if it releases in time. <laughs> Big if I actually, there. I actually forgot that I still have access to that Origin Pro account that I had initially. Oh, yeah. Um, I could just play Battlefield through that because yeah, everything is on Origin Pro. I still have the year subscription to that. That's awesome. Um, that we got last year. And then our fifth and final game this uh, is on Friday as well. It's PC, Xbox Series, Xbox One, also on Game Pass, Forza Horizon 5. The official release date, if you don't play through Game Pass, is like the 8th, I think, that following Monday. But on Game Pass, you get early access, and I can't imagine that people that play this don't have Game Pass, so the game should just release on Friday. <laughs> Your ultimate Horizon adventure awaits. Explore the vibrant and ever-evolving open-world landscapes of Mexico with limitless, fun-driving action in hundreds of the world's greatest cars. I'm excited for Forza Horizon 5. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I'll download it. I'll jump into it. Yeah. I Why already pre-installed it. I, I took off uh, because it's like 110 gigs or something. Holy crap. I had to remove some stuff off the Series X, but I do have it pre-installed ready to go for next Friday. Oh, then I'm going to have to remove some stuff. Um, we didn't do it as we were doing it, but we need to guess what we think these games are going to come in at. We didn't do it as we were doing it. All right. Um, Legend of TNT and go. I'm going to say uh, 72. 71. Unpacking, I'm going to go with an 79. 70. Tunch, I'm going to go with a 74. Oh, 78. Call of Duty Vanguard, I'm going to go with an 83. 80. Forza Horizon 5, I'm going 88. Oh my gosh, would you get, what do you, okay, can you get the heck out of here? Okay, it's scary, you want to scared. All right, close the door. Okay, that's fine. What's scared Bye. Love you. What scared him? A video? It was like a little kid's Halloween video. He was just teasing. <laughs> what did you say? What are we doing? 88, Forza Horizon 5. Oh, man. I'm I'm going with a 90. Okay. Ooh, what if it... We talked about it. What if Forza Horizon 5 is the only game to crack 90 on Open Critic this year? There's possibilities. There's possibilities. Um, pick of the week, though. I think you both... We both would have went with Forza Horizon 5. Yep, that's I what I would have uh, done. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the right choice. Even though Unpacking looks like a ton of fun, I think Forza Horizon 5 is going to be a clearly bigger, better game. That's going to be a blast, yeah. <laughs> so, pick of the week this week, Forza Horizon 5. Looking forward to it. Kyle, last Monday on the 25th, Nintendo released the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass. Did you pick it up yet? No, sir. No, sir. I cannot find I cannot find the uh, the reason for it at this time. 
I want to by Friday. I don't think I will, but the by Friday because they're giving away the Animal Crossing uh, right, DLC. and if and if I do, that's the reason I will. That that's the big reason that I want to get it by Friday. But I don't know that. Again, it's fifty bucks, and you don't have the ability to pay for one month at a time. And I don't have a ton of money right now, so I probably will wait till I get paid um, next sure. to to get Nintendo Switch Online. But that'll be later in November. And once I do get it, I think I will throw the fifty up. I think I want to check out uh, that DLC for Animal Crossing. But that's pretty much the only reason. That I'm signing up for the expansion pass. Now, I could just buy that DLC for $25, but I'd rather get a year of Nintendo Switch Online and get the DLC for free. Because then, after they fix the issues, I'll be able to play Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis games, too. I'm a little disappointed that there are so many issues, and that's what I want to talk about. Because this is not exclusive to the N64 and Sega Genesis emulations on Nintendo Switch Online. This is Nintendo being terrible with emulation, dude. No, it is. And, the, and we again, saw this recently with not their... Not something new. Comp- yeah, that's what I say. We just saw this recently with the Mario 3D All-Stars and yes. how it was running off of, like, horrible emulators when people have been doing it better homebrew for so long. For a long time. There was a for video a I time. watched on YouTube that kind of highlighted Nintendo Switch Online... You know, Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time compared to some of the more popular emulators you can get on PC compared to the originals. And the input lag and frame rate is significantly noticeable on the expansion pass, dude. It's just inexcusable. It's it's really bad when you're playing a game that requires very quick reflexes like Mario Kart. Which is Those, the big reason I wanted to get it was to play Mario Kart exactly. 64 online. Which would be huge. Something we've never been able to do before. But the input lag and the, the emulation lag that's going on makes it almost unplayable from my understanding. Which is a, which is a big shame. Now here's... You know what? You release a product, it's it works, but it's not working perfectly right off the bat. I can understand that, right? People have, like, tough releases. I, we've been Blizzard fans for many years, and we know exactly what a tough release looks like in a video game. However, this is my worry, is Nintendo isn't going to fix this. They have they have no motivation to dive back in and say, you know what, let's fix this code. Let's make it work so that it actually works properly because they don't. They haven't cared about their online services for some time. Right. For forever, I would say, maybe for a, and pretty much forever. Yeah. Like, yeah. And they'll this release is the best it. we've gotten. <laughs> yeah. It'll emulate like garbage and they're not going to care. They're just going to leave it like that, which is I, a big I think, bummer. I think they have to at least try to fix the fog issues that are in Ocarina of Time and and some of the input lag, like those probably have to at least get some sort of addressing by so. them. You would think so, especially because company. especially because people after they data mined all the updates and shit were able to find out like these games have numbers assigned to them. And according to that, like we're able to determine there's at least going to be 30 plus N64 games and even more Genesis games or something like that. Right. And that alone should at least mean Nintendo has plans to stick with this for a while. They have plans to, you know, bolster the lineup of the N64. They have plans to bolster the lineup of the Genesis. There was plans. I mean, people saw in the data mining that, you know, Game Boy games are still mentioned. Like that's we're still going to get that on that service eventually. Like these are all things that are coming. And I hope that they don't just let it flounder, dude, because you're right, they could, but I can't imagine people willingly 
going to continue to shell out $50 every single year if you're not fixing the service. Like, you got us this time. We spent the fifth. Well, I haven't spent it yet, but people that did, they spent it and they're in. They're locked in for the year. But everybody else that hasn't, they need some sort of incentive or convincing that, you know, it's Absolutely. not just going to remain shitty. Yeah. So I'm a little, I'm, I'm very disappointed with this. Like, I know I talked about in that solo episode I did for uh, the Max Level podcast two weeks ago, and it was on the Animal Crossing Direct reaction video too. I'm fine with the price point of Nintendo Switch Online in the expansion pass. Like, I don't see there being an issue with this being $50. The fact that they're giving away more games, the fact that they're giving away DLC. However, there is an issue if the shit isn't working. Absolutely. Right now, I don't think this is worth $50. I don't think it is either. And I think that's what a lot of people are are starting to feel and and experience is that this isn't worth the $50. Now, if it it works perfectly, then it would. It could be. They could grow this into a $50 service, a $50 a year service. If there are more DLCs that get put onto the pass, if there are... It, a better if there's a better emulation system if there what are what if you got access that, to all the DLCs that they ever do that's what I mean if with like the this should be the premium Nintendo Switch Online or whatever and you get like because you know they constantly are releasing updates for Hyrule Warriors put the you Smash Bros just, Fighter Pass on there hell yeah that's what I'm talking you should just get access to their DLCs not necessarily games right not like Game Pass and I'm not no. talking games I'm just talking no. DLCs. Give us, and give us I a think reason that would to be have brilliant. the expansion pass if the main hook of it, your virtual console library, isn't working. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, no, as of right now, it absolutely isn't worth that $50, but it could grow into that. And it's not that $50 a year is terribly expensive. No, it's what but all it the other is, services are kind of modeled around, but yeah, there's but it is so much still better. money, it's and still you money. don't give away money for nothing, right? So you have to money find, for nothing, you have to find the value Dude, I want my MTV. Mm-mm. Such a good song. Um, it's such a good song, dude. The other services, obviously, Xbox Live, you know, their, their month, I think their, well, their yearly is like 100 now because of Game Pass, but for a while there, their yearly was 50, and Sony's yearly, I think, is 60. So this puts it more in line with what the other companies are doing. Certainly. But the other companies' online services are just so much better than Nintendo's. It makes it look bad when, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. this is 50, but oh, look over here. This is 60, and there's so much more. Like, I just, I'm very disappointed this isn't working. I was a, I was a big fan when they announced this. I wanted to jump in. I wanted to play Mario Kart 64 online. I wanted to check out all of the fucking Genesis games that weren't on the Genesis Mini that I didn't have access to. Um, and I can't. Well, I could, but there's lag issues. There's input issues. And I, as someone that notices that kind of stuff, because I do like the speedrunning scene. I, I'm not a huge speedrunner, but I like that scene and I, I pay Yet. attention to that kind of stuff. Not with Yet. that attitude. No. We, we, what we're going to we're going to speedrun um, Metroid Dread. Metroid Dread. We just talked about it last week. Yeah. <laughs> I've been I've been watching Oats and Goats speedrun that a lot lately. That's been fun. Yeah. Uh I, I, I at least need the input lag and that kind of stuff fixed before I jump into the game. I guess the fog issues I might be able to get around. Yeah. I probably would never play Ocarina of Time through the virtual console anyway. Um, but yeah, man, I'm just I'm disappointed with this and I'm sad that people are out there and they did spend fifty bucks on this already and that it's not working the way that it should. But again, man, the the DLC coming on Friday. It makes it an enticing offer because you do get that already. And, you know, just for an extra 25 bucks, you're locked in for a year's worth of Nintendo Switch online, 
which a year already was $20 before. So if you take out the cost of the DLC itself, which is $25, you're only spending $5 more for a year of Nintendo Switch Online, which I guess when you look at it that way, it's not terrible. It's not terrible, but the $5 again is for a system that doesn't work. Yeah, five dollars is five dollars. So, and it's hard to they say. should take that five dollars and fix the issues. Yeah, no, they're not going to though. Raise your pitchforks. <laughs> yep, get out there. Tell them that. Tell them what needs to get done. You know, I really, I really do want Nintendo to get on a better framework for its online gaming. Um, one of the games I have been playing, I know we'll talk about it probably in the in the coming weeks, but I have been playing Nickelodeon All Star Brawl quite a bit, and the reason I play that. And I don't play Smash as much is because I play with friends online and Smash is almost unplayable online. It's horrible. The the lag online is terrible. Did you see the rumors about Warner WB and yeah, they're they're Smash fighting game potentially. Oh, yeah. Oh, Bringing yeah. in DC characters, AEW characters. This would be freaking nuts, dude. Free to play too. free to play potentially. Um, but one of the glaring things that we just have to mention before we get over to Kickstarter Heart and close this episode out, uh, it was idiotic on Nintendo's part because certain features that were in the N64 games, like, um, okay, Mario Kart 64. Remember when you used to, you put, would put a, a memory card in the back of your controller and you could save ghost times yes. to those memory cards for, uh, time trials. They didn't rework that system in Mario Kart 64 on Nintendo Switch Online. So you so cannot you, save you can't do it. ghosts on time ah, trials unreal. in this version. Unbelievable. Like, because you can't put a controller pack in the back of the controller. And the controller that they released for Nintendo Switch Online, the N64 model, doesn't support controller packs or anything like that. Like, you can't. It, it's not going to support the N64 memory cards. So, it'd be cool if it did. Um, <laughs> Should have. but <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. They, they Market just, for those goes sky high. They just need to freaking, dude, I have so many of those too. Um, I still have like seven or eight N64 memory cards just in a box somewhere. Uh, I can't believe they didn't rework that though. Yeah. Like, unbelievable. It's just, it's mind blowing. That's what I mean. It's like, unacceptable. It's just mind blowing. So I'm, I think I'm going to be waiting for Nintendo Switch online just for a bit, which means I likely will wait to jump into the Animal Crossing update maybe for a few more weeks. But sure. again, when I get Same. paid. I probably will jump in, and then at that point, hopefully, the 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 N64 games are at least working, but I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't either. Yeah. Like I said, I, I want them to fix it. I just don't know that they will, unfortunately. Yeah, I, don't I don't know if they will either, so hopefully they do. But yeah, it is what it is, I guess. Let's do a little kickstart my heart before we get out of here. Let's talk about a game that uh, I, I think you might enjoy because we have an action platformer, Metroidvania Elements, hand-drawn, looks kind of good called Sonos Curse. I think you might enjoy this one. Let's see here. Enter and lose yourself in a beautiful and emotional action platformer inspired by Hollow Knight and Journey, featuring Metroidvania elements and a moving story about regret and living in the moment. Um, It says you'll be able to immerse yourself in a beautifully hand-drawn world, discover a magnificent soundtrack, unveil a touching story, navigate through different environments, and crush your enemies quickly by using both melee and magical attacks. Let's see here. Where can we go first? Speedrun contest. That's fun. About the game. Here we go. Sonos Curse is an atmospheric action platformer with Metroidvania elements that draws inspiration from games such as Hollow Knight and Journey, as we mentioned. It features a story that explores sensitive themes such as friendship, love, regret, as well as the importance of living in the moment. Sonos Curse tackles these themes from an emotional point of view never seen before in the action platforming genre. 
In Sonos Curse, you'll delve deep into a cursed cave filled with traps and hostile creatures. These obstacles will put your platforming and combat skills to the test as you work your way closer to your prize. Enjoy a beautifully handcrafted world perfectly combined with an original musical score designed to elicit an emotional reaction and actioned platforming elements that will keep you on your toes whilst you fight through rooms of hostile creatures. Based off that, what do you think? I mean, immediately watching the video, this looks like Hollow Knight. It's very obvious that that's where they got the inspiration from. Um, I'm okay with that. I don't see the, the journey inspiration as much but if if you like hollow knight this is a game that looks a lot like hollow knight doesn't look as fluid as hollow knight does much more platforming i think than metrovania in a lot of sections Abs- that i can see absolutely yes it, it is heavily it's more a platform than it is a metrovania yes there's a lot of platforming going on here however uh i mean it's not that i don't like those games this is a game that i would play absolutely i love how much it's leaning into the emotional crutch, right? Like, you and I love good emotional games. Um, I think maybe that's what they mean by the Journey reference, because Journey was such an emotional game. Yeah, I can see that. Maybe that's that's what they're going for. Um, Right now, they're targeting PC, but Switch is a stretch goal. We'll take a look at the story here real quick. It says, your journey begins in a forest as a silent and nameless protagonist. You discover a cave with a strange message at the entrance. Whatever you are looking for, it is not worth the price. The protagonist ignores the message and enters the cave. As you advance, you slowly gather pieces of your character's past, unveiling his motivations and the reason why such a tiny man decided to face such dangers by himself. Further down the entrance, you stumble upon a huge door. A mysterious voice tells you that the thing you are looking for is laying behind that very door. Thus, you are tasked with exploring the cave in order to find a way to open it. But watch out! The place is obstructed by hordes of enemies, obstacles, traps, and bosses who will stop at nothing to keep you from reaching this mysterious prize. Dan, if you're listening to the episode, you need to look into this game because I think you would probably back this. I think Dan would probably throw them... What, what's the tiers? What do we got here? $10 for a copy. Is it? Oh, 10 of whatever this is. 12 US dollars. Okay, Gets yeah. Gets you uh, a digital copy. Of, that's actually not bad, whatever dude. This is. No, it's 10, not at all. 10 pounds or whatever. Whatever currency. No, that might be. Franks. It's Franks. Oh, nobody wants Franks. Frank dollars. Yeah, we need to get rid of Frank dollars. <laughs> 10 Frank dollars. That's not no, bad. I think are they euros? Is that what they use? Uh, it might be. 12, 12 US dollars, though, for a game. It's, that's a good fucking price, dude. That's a real... I might back this for 12. That's a good price for it this is a good game. Price. I can't see this being... Mm, I can't see this being, like, a $15 game when it comes out. This that is probably is Euros, a $20 game. Is it Euros? Yeah. I could see this being a $20 or $25 game. So getting it for, like, half the price by backing on Kickstarter is pretty fucking cool. Not bad. Plus getting your name in the back, uh, the credits and that kind of stuff, and the soundtrack. I think I might toss them the uh the 12 for this one this looks like a game that i would really enjoy and i'm very interested in the emotional aspects i just uh you know well i didn't yet but frank just finished rainbow billy the curse of the leviathan again we talked about years ago on kickstarter heart here on the podcast um and we did an episode of bg mania our exclusive bg mania patron uh, episode on that game and he was saying how emotional that one was. So I think I'm going to pick that up somewhat soon. Speaking of Kickstarter games, I just started Sunshine Manor, which we talked about previously. Yeah, you backed that one and you just did. did the game. Is, is it out or was it a beta? It is. Nope, it's out. So it's out. Yep. And I started it just for a couple minutes and uh, we'll be jumping into it. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that when you do. Let's we'll talk about when you actually play more of it. Get some more press for Sunshine yes. Manor. That one looked good. Yeah, if I'm thinking of if I'm thinking of the one that let me sunshine, I don't remember exactly what it looked SNES like. SNES style remember, horror game. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm looking at it right now. 
I totally remember this, dude. I was very interested in this. And it's only, uh, wow, it's only $11 on Steam. Yeah, it's on sale right now. I might pick it up. It's on sale till November 4th. 11 bucks. That's not bad. Not bad at all. I don't know. I don't know. But what also is not bad is Sonos Curse. They have already hit their goal. There's still 11 days to go. However, we need to get this a little bit higher. Yeah, we need to get that Switch stretch goal. We need that, we need that Switch version. So, with 11 days to go as a time of recording, we have 576 backers. We are about $1,000 over our goal. However, they need 20,000 euros to make the Switch version, and they are about 4,000 euros short. So we need to get this to about 23,000 US dollars, I would assume, somewhere in that area to uh, to, to be at the, at the proper euros. Um, I want to play this on the Switch. I'd play it on PC, but I'd prefer to play it on Switch. Same. So hopefully we get the stretch goal. Um, the soundtrack, it doesn't say who's doing it, unfortunately, unless, it, unless it's in the team member's name. But, uh, oh, Nicholas De Aliers. I am the composer and sound designer for a video. Okay, yeah, he's the one doing the soundtrack there. I'm not familiar with that name, so... I'm intrigued by this. Go check it out. Kickstarter.com. The name of this one. Sonos Curse. If you like Hollow Knight, you're going to like this. Go check it out. (laughs) All right, man. It's Halloween weekend. We got a lot of things to do. We got candy to eat. You got a costume to put on later. Let's say we get on out of here. Hit him with your pee-pee real quick. Oh, let's slap him with the pee-pee real quick. Oh, man. I don't know what to do. Let's do this. Let's do this. New song released recently by Adele, which I think is one of the greatest female vocalists of all time. That's besides the point. But she puts out another freaking super great emotional track that I've been loving. She does this. This this whole album, I guess, is about her separation and divorce from her husband. And the track that she puts out is called Easy On Me. And I can't see this one not winning Grammy Awards next year. The song is just freaking beautiful. Her voice is insane. She puts so much emotion into her songs. The song is Easy On Me by Adele. This episode of the Max Level Podcast has been brought to you by RPGera.com. Please remember to leave us a rating and a review regardless of where you're listening. If you want more of us, check us out on YouTube and Twitch and make sure you're subscribed or following at both places with notifications on. Links to where we can be found on social media as well as to our Discord server and all other important information can be found in the show notes for this episode.